Section 22 of Here and Hereafter. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cornel Nemesh, Reno, Nevada. Here and Hereafter by Barry Payne. Descent. There was no one but myself in the smaller of the two smoking rooms when he entered. I had picked up an evening paper and was boring myself with it for a few minutes in front of the fire before going on to bore myself somewhere else. He walked rapidly to the fire and rang the bell and then turned abruptly to me. Hello, how are you? Didn't know you were here then he caught sight of the evening paper in my hands and asked me for god's sake to put that thing down i put it down and asked him what was the matter he was very pale and had just the appearance of a man whose nerves were suffering from overstrain i must tell you he said abruptly i'm glad i found you it's the most perfectly he stopped there because the waiter who answered the bell had just entered he ordered some brandy and resumed again you will laugh your head off by the time i have finished my story ghastly though it is you won't believe a word of it see here he picked up the paper which i had thrown down opened it rapidly and handed to me with his finger on one particular paragraph the paragraph referred to an inquest on a somewhat commonplace suicide in soho the suicide an italian judging by his name had flung himself from a window on the first floor and had broken his neck on the pavement evidence was given by those who knew him that he had been very queer in his manners of late and the usual verdict had been returned well i said it's god's mercy that i wasn't a witness at that inquest what does it matter i replied i suppose you saw the accident you are required to go and say that it doesn't hurt you nobody thinks any the worse of you it may be a little tiresome but there is nothing to bring you to this condition even if you had really given evidence which it seems you haven't the waiter brought the brandy he drank it ordered another and continued more quietly i'm afraid i have let the thing prey on my mind a little i confess that i have had a shock the story is not at all what you imagine i did not witness the accident it was only within the last two hours that i heard of it but i know how it was that it happened he paused i selected another cigar lit it and said nothing he continued you know me well enough to know my interest in anything which is a little out of the way i will even run some sly risk to meet and talk with a man who is not as other men are or better still a woman who is not as other women are i have a fancy for human curiosities i should like to take a museum and collect them Yes i said i know that you will get yourself into trouble one of these days he went on speaking about a week ago i went down wardour street and saw an italian looking in at the shop window 
I did not know that he was an Italian at that time. The national characteristics were not very strong marked in him. He was quite well-dressed, rather like a well-to-do young city man. His head was abnormal. The breadth from the end of the eyebrow to the ear was enormous. His eyes were not of the same color. His skin was like parchment. He continually moved the tip of his nose. His nostrils opened and shut. He looked to me to be a very queer beast indeed, and I mean to talk to him. After a while, he went into a restaurant. I waited ten minutes and then went in after him. I sat down at the same table and, by way of opening a conversation, knocked over his glass of claret, breaking the glass. Then, of course, I apologized and ordered a waiter to replace it. He at once countermanded the order and turned to me saying in excellent English, Pray do not trouble, I had quite finished with it. But I said, you must let me, your glass was untouched. Yes, he said, but I never drink it. I looked amazed. I could explain, he added, but it is a little difficult to understand, and it would bore you. The only things that I care about, I replied, are the things which are not ordinary and are a little difficult to understand, unless you are a deep soul maniac, triumphing over temptation. I fail to see why you should order wine which you have no intention of drinking. Your explanation is wrong, he replied. I ordered the claret because I wanted to smell it. As he seemed to find that conclusive, I observed that even that did not clear the thing up. You must know, he said a little impatiently, that with some people the sense of different objects have curious results. The possibilities implied in the sense of smell are enormous. In most people, they are undeveloped. In very few are they at all understood. The connection between a scent and a memory has been noticed. I have seen a woman who smelt wallflowers for the first time for ten years burst into tears. The scent of eau de cologne is supposed to be refreshing and that of ammonia to be vivifying and that of ether sickening no scent possesses the very curious attraction for a human being that valerian does for the lower animals the whole art of obtaining a new sensation by the use of sense is absolutely unknown to most people most women divide sense vaguely into opaque and transparent most virtuous women prefer the transparent but that is really as far as they have gone as for the effect of those sins which are not pleasant to anybody and therefore are generally called by an unpleasant name there seems to be no knowledge at all i knew a case i said of a gardener who had to work in a hot house filled with lilies of the valley he fainted away my italian friend took up the story and when he recovered consciousness he was angry and entreated to be put back again yes i said but how did you know it because i know the effect of different scents i was more fascinated than ever 
and made him talk for a long time several times he seemed to be hesitating whether or not to tell me something and i urged him on it came at last he had got a secret he had invented a sand and was assured of the marvelous power of it but not of a whole of its effects afterwards or immediate this he was investigating and he added impressively it gives one an entirely new way of living i wish i said that you were a poor man wanting money with which to carry on your experiments if i offered to finance you perhaps you would let me witness some of them i love nothing better than to see something new i do not want any money he answered laughing my workshop is near here and i will show it to you if you care to take the risk of coming i will come i replied with pleasure and we both walked out together he took me up a side street and then up a precipitous staircase to the first floor of a dingy-looking house he had three large rooms there opening into one another he made me wait in the first which was somewhat poorly finished as a library and he went through into the others after about ten minutes he came back and fetched me through the second room where a lot of things were cooking over tiny little spirits lamp and into the third the third was furnished as the first but it was much more luxurious he opened a corner cupboard and took down an ordinary glass stopper bottle unlabeled and containing a colorless liquid that is it he said smiling that is what makes all things new of course by this time i knew he was cracked but i asked him how after frequent inhalations of this scent he said one loses all sense of limitations or conditions one believes that one can walk straight through a brick wall or fly in the air or live in the year one or in the year two million or in any intervening year one is sure that he can do anything which it occurs to him that he would like to do one has a feeling of complete omnipotence and that means a feeling of complete happiness no one conscious of a limitation can be completely happy at present the effects are very transient but i may be able to improve upon that one moment i said this end does not really remove limitations and conditions subjectively yes objectively no but that matters little nothing can be unreal to us at the time that we fully believe it to be real it is because the effects are elusive that i now refrain from experimenting with myself unless there is someone in the room with me it is a hard struggle to keep off it frankly i was very glad when you suggested that you should come here now watch me he removed the stopper and for perhaps two minutes continued to inhale the perfume then he put the stopper back again in the bottle and set it down on the table by his side he did not change in appearance in the least half jokingly i asked him if he could now write stories like mr rudyard kipling 
Better, he said. Infinitely better. They are nothing. I will show you one very short thing. He took paper, pen, and ink, and covered one sheet with feverish haste. Then he handed it to me with an air of triumph. It was absolute nonsense from beginning to end, and absolutely incoherent. There were phrases in it which we had used in our conversation, phrases which you might have seen in advertisements, on hoardings, two or three lines of a song which is very popular just now, the whole strung together anyhow. I looked over it. Capital, I said, and can you fly? Of course. He got up and opened the window. I let him climb up on the ledge where a nervous man would certainly have fallen. I saved him only just in time, and he was angry with me. As I told him, unfortunately, I was not able to fly and wished for his company, he sat down and talked rubbish about the thing which he said he could do for about five minutes. Then he stretched himself and yawned. It has passed off now, he said. I had a long argument with him, but it was of no use. He would not give up the bottle, and he would not promise to leave it alone in the future, and he would not tell me what he called it. To irritate him, I said that the whole thing was a fraud, from beginning to end, the bottle contained water and nothing else. I picked it up, took a long sniff at it, and went out. In the street, a moment later, I called a cabman and told him to drive to Downing Street. I wanted to show Lord Salisbury the means of destroying any nation. I had the power of destroying any nation, and I wished to use it for the benefit of England. Long before the cab reached Downing Street, I also stretched my arms and yawned, and knew that the effect had gone off. I drove back to my chambers. Today I read of the suicide. He had tried to fly, and he did it because I suggested it to him when he was in that state the other day. It was my fault, really. He picked up his second glass of brandy and began sipping it. He talked it over for a long time, but he would not contradict himself or be shaken in any way. It is at any rate perfectly true that at the sale of the suicide's property he made some large purchases. I found that out afterwards from the auctioneer. Is living abroad now. End of section 22. Recording by Cornel Nemesh, Reno, Nevada. End of Here and Hereafter by Barry Payne. I sat down at the same table and